Lightning Strikes Thrice is made possible by our patrons. Patrons such as Adam Studley, Tristan Bomar, and John. If you want to prove your worth to me like they did, you can uh, make that happen by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash pitchdrop. Thanks for listening. Listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that redesigned and recast all its hosts to appeal to a broader audience. This is Season 7, Episode 0, covering the development and gameplay of Xenosaga Episode 2 for the PS2. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and my pronouns are he, him. With me today is Matt Marcus. My pronouns are he, him. Brian Beatty, they, them pronouns. And I'm Sybil Arnett, she, her. The easiest way to state what's different in Xenosaga 2 is to list what's remained the same. Uh, here are the four things that are the same. The surviving player characters are all here. Do we have any dying player characters? Not yet. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's Momo. Battles, that's, battles still involve three characters at a time. There are things called tech attacks, and segment addresses are kicking around and work the same, which means they still suck. Uh, basically, everything else is entirely new or a mutation of the first game. If you think this is hyperbole, it is not. Right. So... As a reminder, uh, Xenogears and Xenosaga 1 were uh, written and directed by the husband and wife duo of uh, Tetsuyo Takahashi and uh, Soraya Saga. I'm glad I actually got those right the first time. On Xenosaga 2, these two uh, wrote the scenario draft and then stepped back. So they're really not involved in this one. And uh, Saga has been as polite as possible in saying uh, they basically uh, canned me. I guess they're, are they both not involved in Xenosaga 3 or just her? No, Saga is not involved in Xenosaga 3 at all. Uh, this happened that, that gets a little Xenosaga. confusing. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just say, like, like her, her name is Saga, which is what's tripping me up about saying Saga that's and her, Xenosaga. That's her pet name sentence. for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I no, know. she's used it on other projects. They basically got shit canned because uh, Xenosaga 1 sold about 50% of its expectations. Surprising nobody. What? No, it actually oversold expectations. That's not mm-hmm. what the Monolith Soft and Wikipedia said. No, the, the first game was a success in a way they didn't expect. That's why I got a bunch of spinoffs. Oh. It, hmm. Anyway, the, just internal stuff going on in terms of the development. But uh, instead, we got uh, some quote-unquote fresh faces assigned uh, to the series going forward. Uh, two folks from the Xenosaga 1 team who are in uh, minor roles, and we're not going to name who they are because they're not that important. We have new directors and producers here. Matt Norihiko anti worker. No one's surprised. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So Norihiko uh, Yonesaka takes the uh, the draft and designs and turns it into a full scenario and script for the game. Uh, but in the process, it gets uh, reworked. 
So there's a lot of he said, she said about how this went down. The Xenosaga 2 team claimed that they made changes with Takahashi's blessing, and he's never contradicted this, but Saga has said that the changes made in Xenosaga 2 required the entire rest of the series be reworked to fit that game. It should also be noted that an entire major antagonist of Xenosaga 2 and 3, the Black Testament, who are the um, Organization 13 motherfuckers uh, that were at the tail end of the first game, had uh, all of his development and backstory, as well as a lot of Ziggy's, uh, shoved into a side title that was written by the original duo uh, called Xenosaga Pied Piper. Uh, this guy gets a single line in Xenosaga 2, whereas the DS port tries to merge this all into a more organic narrative by letting him appear and speak to reflect some of these original plans. The entire engine of the game is reworked, from battle to graphics to cutscene development. The characters all look more realistic, and as a result, this game has aged the worst of all three in terms of style versus the March of Time. Uh, it looks like absolute shit. It looked bad a few years after release when I initially played it, and in 2021, it is like one of the most aesthetically repulsive games I have ever seen. Like, Xenosaga 1 looked bland, but this looks like artistically bad, not technically bad. Yeah. Um, the, the city environments all have that very bland, like, dollar store Blade Runner kind of vibe to them. Uh, and then the characters look like lifeless wax models in the, in a way that, like, legitimately triggered my fight or flight response <laughs> at first. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it is straight up like Madame Tussauds Xenosaga. There is a legitimate argument that you could make that Xenosaga 2 and Xenosaga the anime, one after the other, were probably the killing blow for this franchise because they were such ugly, off-model, ill-conceived ventures, one after the other. <laughs> it's, 100%. It's so, it's so strange, too. Like, the thing is, I didn't really like the very Moe-style art that you had, like, for, uh, like, the design for, like, Xi'an and Momo were, like, extremely Moe, and they are the mm -hmm. ones that do get redesigns. But yeah, it just looks like it looks like you took a more realistic model and like melted it down slightly. Like, this, mm. and everything is so wooden. It just feels like it hits even worse in this game from like compared to the previous game where there, you know, there are weird pauses and weird deliveries to these lines, but it's just way worse here. The cosmos on the cover just tells you how bad you can expect everything to look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Xion, Cosmos, Momo, and Chaos get new voice actors, the result of changing to a completely unexperienced voice acting studio that had nothing to their name. They're so bad. <laughs> yes, they are. And these are the people who get the most drastic redesigns, although everyone is given the sort of Western face to deanime them. It's very distracting. Oh, it's so... Alan, Why is Alan has some real... Ugh. Hours. Isn't Momo tall now in a weird that's in a way that's like really distracting? <laughs> they yeah, stretched yeah, yeah. Junior Momo and Chaos. Weird. I mean, Junior <laughs> looks long mostly Momo. the same to me. <laughs> <Long> yeah, <laughs> you you get the cursed Mario Maker two upgrade. <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm going Goblin Stance. <laughs> uh, Junior has the least. Effort put in other than his facial features, but yeah, they they made him slightly taller because they wanted to age up the party members so they didn't look as childlike. 
but without changing their ages at all. Well, well, right. I mean, like the whole thing about URTV's, well, about Junior specifically, is that he does not age. He doesn't age. He's going to be 13 forever. That's his whole deal. So making him long Junior also <laughs> just doesn't make sense. Long Junior is my kill phrase. <laughs> <laughs> And this this entire overhaul is probably a major reason we will never get HD ports of these like some other Bandai Namco titles. Say what you will about .hack, but that was an easy breeze to port because four games on one engine doesn't need a lot of tidying up under the hood. This would be a nightmare. As one positive, the composers have changed. This time, in place of Yasunori Mitsuda, two also excellent artists came aboard. Yuki Kajira, who is mainly an anime composer, but an excellent one who composed on Madoka Demon Slayer and a lot of a lot of Letter Day Clamp adaptations, and the standout of the My Hime Otome series, uh, handled a lot. The only good thing about those is music. Okay. I have not seen them. Handled cutscene composition and Shinji Soe, a Namco lifer who has literally been composing for them longer than most of us have been alive, took in-game tracks. Yeah, w- weirdly enough, when you buy the OST, they call it the uh, the movie soundtrack. So you're only getting those uh, Yuki Kajira tracks. You don't get any of the uh, in-game tracks. And I don't think they've ever, I don't believe they've been released at all. They have not. I looked around. Yeah. Not even bootleg. Yeah. All the music is going to be cutscene music, and it's very good. You could good, probably rip them off YouTube. You know, a little different. Like air zone music. Yeah, but I don't want. But you should. Want. You should. When we talk about a dungeon, you should play the track one time. Yeah, pick, pick some dungeon tracks. Okay, okay. I really did think it was uh, Mitsuda at first, uh, just because they use the same tin whistles that Mitsuda fucking loves. It, they don't sound as Celtic. But um, as soon as I heard those tin whistles, I was like, okay, same composer. And then, and then these notes came up. I was like, oh, shit, different composer. You know same what? whistles. I, I had just recently been uh, made aware of the show Noir, and she did the music for that, too. And like the way they've described the music to me, which is like women te- uh, chanting to techno music, felt very much <laughs> like the music on the soundtrack. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, uh, like the Snyder Cut, just fucking ancient lamentations. <laughs> oh, Soe is way more of an electronic artist, which is even funnier about that. Well, so, and I know that we're probably going to get into this next episode when we actually talk about the content of the tutorial dungeon, but it is so funny how much they want you to to remember that they're, this isn't, this isn't Xenosaga 1. Our dungeons have music and background noises, too, because there's, like, mm-hmm. bumping techno and then also police sirens going off the whole time, and so it's just like... <laughs> Listen, we cannot have any empty audio in these dungeons. The kids fucking hated that last time. You know, I did mm-hmm. hate it until we got to the Saga of but then I was like, please bring back the silence. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that sort of, like, makes the point, right? Like, isn't that the point of the sound of Nephilim? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it just fucking annoyed, uh, all, of, annoyed all of the realians yeah. into, like, psycho killers. <laughs> Uh-huh. Unless Udu is real, which it's not, it's still irresponsible to put it in that game. Wait, is Udu not real? <laughs> in, in our world. Oh. In oh, our world. Oh, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. 
Sometime during this period, the six-game cycle is cut down to three. Thank God. <laughs> this part is extremely contradictory, given that after Xenosaga 1, the series is a success. The series is a success way beyond sales expectations, and there was no clear announcement of this happened before 2 came out, or this happened because of 2 being a debacle. Uh, probably it's just like a Kojima situation where it takes forever and a billion dollars to make, and even though it pays itself off, no one wants to foot the bill up front. And you got like the opportunity cost, like you can't be developing something else. I'll check out this guy going to business school. It's just one of the only things that still remains a giant mystery about this series is when and why did they make that move? Mm -hmm. I, I would love to see like the uh, the actual like rough planning and outlining for the six games and try to compare that to this. Yeah, yeah I would buy a Zito Saga Perfect Works. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, what's fat? What's fascinating is that you could say that Zeno Saga. Well, uh, never mind. Fuck that. Um, you're thinking the same thing I am about <laughs> gears, huh? Uh huh. It, yep. it, it's all it's all perfect. It's the perfect work, works book can apply to all three of the Xenos. Um, oh. and so saying oh. Xeno Saga perfect works. So this is like a Hyrule Historia thing, is what you're, essentially the Xeno Gears book goes into a lot of things that would um come up in future Monolith Soft games. Yeah, mm. they keep trying to tell the um they keep trying to tell the perfect work story and then they keep starting it over. Mhm. Mm yeah. And then they just got stuck on Breath of the Wild jail. They have yeah. they have well, like three teams now, buddy. <laughs> They're still making some shit. But that, I'm not going to lie that uh I really want to play Xenoblade Chronicles X now. After reading that yeah, monolith so far. I'm not going to and I don't want to buy a fucking Wii U for it, and so they should just port the damn you thing. Just emulate it. Wasn't that on the wasn't that on the 3DS? No. No, no. that's the original. Also, Chronicle. tell Takahashi to stop pissing off mummies because that man is cursed. Yeah. Well, he's also prop it he's not a very good project manager. Just for it, reading between the lines of that oral history of Monolith Soft, I think that he's a amazing creative talent and all of that but he seems like a, he's a bad project manager <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so internationally uh problems continue for this series uh this game was released in europe for some reason and when they did that you had to pay extra for a version with a dvd summing up the first game <laughs> and uh this dvd was uh actually overprinted and given out as a pre-order bonus in the u.s yeah, to emphasize, <laughs> they did not get Xenosaga ah. 1, nor did they get Xenosaga <laughs> 3, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> they did not. Ah, uh, just the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Look, brutal. That's praxis. That's what the just Europeans deserve. A black, a black market where uh, we can trade our copies of Xenosaga 3 for their copies of Terranigma. Oh, yeah, ah, that'd be nice. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It's in the pantheon. Zeta I'm Saga, glad. Like the the discs for Zeta Saga three are getting expensive. It's weird. So gameplay. How does this game play compared to the first game? And the answer is very different. For one thing, there's no money. The game has no in-game currency whatsoever or shop. <laughs> the top when you type Zeta Saga two into Google, the first suggestion is how to get money. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you don't 
get it in a chest or farm it off an enemy, uh, you are getting no new gear or consumables. So related to this, since this means that healing items are massively more constrained, the game throws you a single kindness. Anyone who isn't in the active party during a battle uh, passively recovers 25% of their max HP and EP. This also applies. I'm to pretty max. sure using a save point heals you also like 90% sure they said yeah, that it does. in the tutorial. It does. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I've seen it in games. So yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. does that. I just mean for casual yeah, use. Yeah. So you can't get mm-hmm. you can't fail out of a playthrough because of potions, basically. Right. And then also Biosphere just heals the whole party without um needing a save point. <sighs> oh, but you can't get a million of those. Even better. Right. Over time, you can do some things to break this curve in your favor. There's a skill, for instance, that makes anyone in the active party just regain half of all their stats if you have it equipped. But the initial curve of this game is a little harsh if you are not grasping the mechanics. And they don't explain it super well, I don't think. Especially no. like the the uh the tech stuff and the double attacks and whatever. Yeah, they they really just they're like, hey, if if you well, it doesn't help that, and again, burning future cast, maybe, but uh, it really doesn't help that that tutorial dungeon is pretty easy and so there's absolutely no reason why you would want to stock a whole bunch of extra um attacks so you can do this one combo attack and it just yeah they don't even mention you can carry them from battle to battle right like a thing required before bosses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wait wait you could the the stock or the boost i know the boost carries over okay but you can use yeah, that to build a bunch of stock right away. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. That does make sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm like five hours into this game, and I've barely done any fighting in it. <laughs> like, of course, like, the Xenosaga pacing, like, continuing to be very, very lumpy. It's weirder pacing than that, because they they want to break up every miniature... Uh, gameplay section with a miniature cutscene so that you're like never bored and then they'll stick you with a huge cutscene so i haven't gotten the huge gameplay portion yet it's been either cutscene or wicked chops yeah there's a reason that the tutorial dungeon is its own episode if i Mm -hmm. recall correctly (laughs) the later dungeons are the majority of the game just because of the way the mechanics take make everything take exponentially longer yeah i can see that yeah, that that sounds like it'll be the case when it comes, especially when it comes to like grinding up experience and skills and skill points and and all that. Fun yep, stuff. that's the Oof. cruelest part of this game by a mile. Mm-hmm. Unlike the uh, first game's random chain of emails, uh, this game has a game long set of side quests called the Good Samaritan Campaign, where you uh, run into a bunch of. NPCs and they give you a boring task to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is uh, a massive network of 50 characters and 36 side quests throughout the game. Uh, and we call the Good Samaritan campaign kindly because it documents every step of each quest as you find and make progress in it. And uh, terrible in that it is vastly more tedious than this already sounds. It is 
fetch questing to the nth degree, but they also do you a solid and and, and keep track of it for you. Hard pass. Hard pass. But, I do not need to get into the Shadow Hearts like fucking trade quest. Okay, but here's the problem with that. Yeah. Uh, this takes after the game's email chains and one in that some of these are permanently failable and will lock you out of game content for the entirety of your save. Botching the wrong one cuts off as little of the game as the final quest in the GS campaign, which is also perma-failable just as a kick in the dick, or as major as never unlock skills or specific Erde Kaiser parts. How about this? Do I have to do this because does it apply to the main narrative? No, you can skip that. Great. Some of it's post-game. Yeah, there's just, you know, I got a, a, a double attack for doing one of these, uh, like, last night. Although it was also the really annoying one where you're running around uh, trying to shut off the uh, power. Ew. Do GS number one. That's the only one I will tell all of you to do because it unlocks secret pocket so everyone can steal. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. But... The, 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 I'm, that one's so annoying, though, because you have to go, like shuttle back and forth so much. And there's so many loading screens between. Do them. it, do it. You really want everyone to have that ability. I've already, I've already done it. So, <laughs> but I will say this: have a guide ready. Have a guide ready if you touch any of these, because I'm not kidding about permanently failable, and I'm not kidding about how cruel they are, especially when you get. I think it's 21 trivia questions in a row that you must know specific numbers on, and if you fail one, bam, done, dead. Oh, that's terrible. That's not the only one. I will simply move on. Everyone being able to steal sounds like very essential, given that uh, there aren't shops. Mm-hmm. In addition to the, uh, the the lack of currency, uh, there are a lot of other things that have been streamlined. Um, so the skill system has been condensed down massively. Uh, you now receive XP, class points, and skill points per fight. And class skill points uh, merely allow a character to progress along an identical tree, meaning fully evolved characters are basically interchangeable, barring their personal attacks. Let's Let's dig into this. There are... Four tiers of classes with eight groups of four skills, save the weirdness of tier four. First, you unlock a level. You get level one by default, and you have to unlock a full, full group of four skills to open the next tier above. To open a group of skills, it costs class points. To open a skill in that group costs skill points. It's as fiddly as you think. 
a bunch on each tier will be nothing but question mark a uh, bunch of question marks until you find items called secret keys. There are 31 of these in the game, and when you find one, it unlocks a particular skill for every character. Oh, thank God. Which you still have to unlock the group on and pay for. These trees are all identical, with the exception of any character who has a swimsuit skill unlocked via save data transfer. As a result, <laughs> by endgame, you are basically going to select identical maintenance skills for boss fights or one character aiding bonus um, and it turns out, if you aren't Momo, you probably won't equip healing plus skills. Okay, real quick. Um, the swimsuit that you unlock uh, for having save clear data for Ziggy is called the geriatric swimsuit, which is just so oh, rude to that to one my was man Ziggy's? Ziggy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the professor only one, which I guess you just can't get in the West. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's uh, it. it as as far as I've been able to tell, that's Ziggy's. I mean, Ziggy is canonically old, right? Like he's way past three hundred. I think, yeah. yeah. My man went from looking like shitty PS2 Bowie to Odo from Deep Space Nine in yes. this redesign. He though. has serious Rene Auberjonois energy in this game. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, still with a uh, Richard Epcar doing the voice, which is great. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But just to be uh, shitty, none of these uh, skills affect Mecha at all unless they are uh, on one of the three characters that uh, pilot them, which is Junior, Momo, and Cosmo. Like, Cosmos gets to <laughs> Mech now? Yes. Yo, yeah. dog. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's wild to me. <laughs> I heard the you robot, like robot is getting in the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, geez, I haven't gotten that far. I like, I, I'm not even at a point where you can even use the robots yet. Shinji, get in the robot, or I'm gonna make the robot get in the robot. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good option, actually. <laughs> Shinji just like just refusing personal growth, being like, yeah, no, actually, you know what? Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, but even then, only uh, 17 of the games, 100 plus skills will do anything on a mech and the game doesn't tell you which one of these are the ones that do affect the mech so uh good luck again guides are going to be a friend here so the mecha system has been overhauled entirely as well eggs are gone for the rest of the series replaced with es or ether system robots uh, these are much bigger than eggs were, and um, some of them are much older than eggs were as well. And so uh, they're, they're just like, not only are these mechs better than the mechs that you used last game, but they're also like, they're older, they're cooler, they're more important. Fuck eggs. We never cared about them. They don't matter anymore. Yeah, they're good. what this game is telling you. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so only two ESs can appear in battle at once, and they have their own experience system. <laughs> yep. You might think this sounds like it will double your grinding because with three ESs in the game, one is always left out of the party. You are half correct. Anyone who is not in the active party after combat, and this applies to mechs and characters, will gain no class or skill points, but they do get 75% XP. Please note, if you don't swap someone in often enough, you can really bench someone and have to play catch up with this because that does add up. Yeah, especially the, um, I, I would say like the the class points 
are in particular like one of those big bottlenecks because what the only way you can get it you get a lot from bosses you don't get a lot i don't i don't know if you get any of them from like regular battles do you or is it very very it varies so what it sounds like to me is i need to look up what everyone can do what's unique about them who has mech abilities or whatever and then pick a party from the very beginning I mean, I think there's probably going to be plot points where you're. Yeah, you don't want to do that because then if you get plot locked to a cast, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to just throw out there, Momo is going to be out of commission for a bit of this game. (sighs) Oh, fun! (laughs) I remember getting. I'm so glad that. that. I'm so glad that Momo swapped out her wand for a crossbow, though. Yeah, Momo's uh, not a a compound bow. Sorry, I, I listen. Don't at me. I know what weapons are. It was. A, it's a bow, not a crossbow. Paul is typing. As a crossbow expert, I wasn't yeah. going to be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just, you know, sometimes I feel like I need to speak Arba less. You know, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the also like the other weird thing with the class points. I, I think you get more class points for you, you do get more class points for finishing off a a class like all four skills in that section so like there is kind of like that propelling you forward but then you run out of skill points to like follow up with that i don't know about like just the uh i would say the not the pacing what do i want to say the scaling of this like i'm still early enough in the game where i don't know really what to do but i feel like i want to unlock way more skills and it's going to take a lot of grinding to get them yeah in the first tier of skills Everything is grouped together in a way that makes sense. It's like, oh, this is all the defense boosts. This is some stat bonuses. This is just some very little passives or new attacks. As you go on, it starts becoming, okay, I want one skill from this group for this character. But if I open this group, then I'm going to be down a bunch of class points, and do I want to waste the skill points on stuff they'll never touch just to get a refund to continue my development? Is this a tree with nodes in between the groups that have a, their own set of no, points? it's just lists. Oh, buddy. There's a tier one, class A through H, and four skills under each. And then there's tier two, three, and what four. The fuck? And they all look this- the same. And everyone has identical, with the exception of some special stuff like oh, swimsuit. Buddy. This really feels like a mirror of what they did with the combat system, where in attempting to streamline it and and make it more readable, they ended up making it just a lot more prescriptive so that there is a correct path forward. And if you don't use that correct path, then uh, you're going to be spending a lot more time in the game. If you are cheating, like I am, this is the one cheat I allowed myself for this run. Just give yourself infinite class points. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that does so much to alleviate this bottleneck. Yeah, yeah, because it, it really is like you get what? Like, I, I think I, I finished uh, like the boss on second Milsha and it's like you get like 4,500 points and it's like, oh, man, that's like fantastic. Well, spoilers, you go to second But then Milsha. it's like otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they they made a couple of those, I heard. But uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a huge difference between, um, I don't know, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, it, it just seems like, yeah, if you're like that one character sitting out, you're just, it's going to be so hard to, you have to be like so much more judicious with your class points in particular. Like you can catch up with skill points. Like, I'm not sure how you catch up with class points. 
you you kind of don't. You can really screw a character if you um don't have them in bosses or things that will deliver those because they just don't get them. I don't know. Is this like a Final yeah. Fantasy X situation? Except you have like party members get locked out sometimes. Uh, imagine if the license board from 12 was hateful. Kind of, kind of is. Yeah, I it was this all right. sounds like a bummer. Yeah, really, the biggest thing you can do to make this game play better is infinite class points. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to press the tab key and complain about it when I fuck it up and have to spend six hours <laughs> grinding. Yep. <laughs> yeah, if you're skipping optional content, you'll have the best time of anyone who's not me. At least you have the option, like, if you end up in a boss battle and you're like, oh, I really wanted to put this character in, you can swap them in mid-battle, which is nice. Uh, ESs have a set pilot and a second seat for a co-pilot. Co-pilot will affect some skills in the mech, but otherwise all of their stats come from the mech itself. One of the three, Zebulon, Momo's ether system, is the only one which can use ether skills, and thus it is the only one able to freely heal Mecha. Oh a trick some a trick some people will do, which I will just give you early, is have the two much more combat capable ESs be your party in dungeons, and Zebulon will just get a bunch of EP back every battle, which you can use to heal the people who were fighting. Oh boy. Hmm. Okay, what I need to figure out. Okay, is it all right? Zebulon is one of those words that just makes me think that it someone is very lazily trying to talk about some space shit. But because I know that this is Xenosaga, I was like, yeah, okay, but it also could be a Hebrew name. And yes, all right, it was in the book of Genesis and Numbers, the sixth and last son of Jacob and Leah, Zebulon, not. Zebulon from Quark 70. I just needed to know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, again, continuing the whole uh, borrowing from Jewish tradition thing <laughs> with a lot of names. Let's talk about one of the worst decisions they made. Zones. <laughs> Every enemy has a dial combo of A, B, and C attacks, which, if done in the correct order will allow you to guard break them for bonus damage. Uh, some of these, however, are designed in such a way that a single character can never trigger them. So if the turn order fails you or an enemy boosts, they can break out of this mid-weakness. And this this sounds a little weird, but like, let's say the sequence for an enemy is if you hit them AAC, they guard break. Okay, cool. Do that. This is really interesting because basically throughout the series, they have basically just had been heading towards what uh, Xenosaga 3 is, which is like a turn-based proto-Final Fantasy 13. Related to this, some of the casts have specials which will juggle or knock down a broken foe for extra damage or chain potential. Some enemies will have a status called Break Block, rendering them immune to a break. In the case of bosses, this tends to mean you need to get them below a certain threshold or hit a trigger to remove it. In the case of stock enemies, some just have this and suck. Uh, cheese it by moving someone behind them, which ignores break block and just lets you completely own them. Not always possible in boss fights. Boost is now a continuing resource. Both you and the enemy have a boost gauge that persists between battles. So it might be worth storing yours up or trying to get random enemies to waste theirs before a boss fight. There are also new combo mechanics at play in this game. 
So the first new combo mechanic called double techs are basically what they sound like. Uh, and yes, if you've played Chrono Trigger, it's, it is those. Two party members team up at a point cost from both, plus the second character has to consume a level of boost as well, and they'll do a more potent attack. Some of these are pretty sick. Yeah, some of them are pretty sick. It It is a very high cost, and so I... I'm, I haven't played far enough into the game to see if it'd ever be worth it, but you have to stock up a certain number of stock and a certain number of boost, and that can hurt in a tough battle. When it's worth it is during a break, right? Because you're basically getting yes. two turns at once, so in mm -hmm. a time where you can lay on a huge amount of damage, it's worth it to basically double up your turns at that point. Right. The second combo mechanic uh, are called Ether Combinations, and like double text, you have to boost the second character during the first character's turn, and then open the Ether menu and hit Triangle on a combinable attack instead of the cross button to cause the effect. Examples include combining Analyze and Hidden Pocket to 100% steal a rare item, or a dual elemental, com elemental combo attack, or a uh, 2x healing skills to multi-target the party with force. I did not play enough of this game already. Let me tell you what. Yeah, see, I'm already... <laughs> okay, so short version, you have character what Cosmos is going. Uh -huh. You tell Momo to boost, so she is the next person in line suddenly. If you do this and go into the Ether menu, certain skills will allow you to hit triangle instead of cross, and then you can do a bonus attack that uses both of their skills in a combo, like dual thunder attack or a healing wave on the whole party okay uh do you need um do you need stock to do that you do need yeah you have to use a level of boost to get them in that slot because if they're not selected that way you will not have this option it's just it feels like there's just so many little fiddly bits of this mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's hard for at least like when i'm trying to just play it casually it, it's a little hard to keep track of all the little things you could do. So I'm sure like... There's, Matt, let yeah. me tell you about Xenosaga 1. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I played Xenosaga 1, but this is way fiddlier than that. Well, it's... it's the, I feel like the difference is um, with Xenosaga 1, it was if you have the capability of juggling three or four different sets of numbers... Um, all at the same time, then you can mow this game down. Whereas this one is, if you do this very specific and sometimes hidden sequence of events and also the planets align, this will be sick and otherwise it will be <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, on top of this, we have, you have the event slots. So you're also making like micro decisions based on the event slots on top of like doing mm -hmm. stock and keeping track of your enemies and their boost and your boost. Yeah, it, there's a lot. Yeah. So there's a uh, hidden skill later in the game called Combo Boost, which will allow you to have a character boost themselves into the second slot, consuming all the EP for both sides of the combo to solo the move. So have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> you will have some characters who have more EP pools or better uh, skills. And since everyone can basically get identical skills... You, maybe you just decide, okay, Xion is going to be all halves of this and just do a super-powered attack. But as I mentioned earlier, the event slot is back, but now the fourth turn is a roulette slot instead of empty, and this role sometimes. will become... <laughs> sometimes. 
and uh, it'll be one of four things when this turn arrives. It'll either be, say, Ether, which means Ether skills are plus 50% effectiveness. I assume that's just damage. I don't think that's like... Uh, it does affect healing, too. I mean, skills oh, as a whole. Oh, I, I meant like, it doesn't affect, like, if you're trying to do a status effect on somebody. No, no, it's just raw numbers. Just raw numbers. Uh, turn cancel. Uh, attacking someone while this is up uh, will knock them out off their next turn if that turn is visible in the order like, chart. on the screen. Yeah. Can't wait to get owned by this. Yep. But I find the order chart is also like really small. Yeah, it only holds they like only show two. Yeah, and it's not continuous. It's not like every time one turn goes, you see the next turn. It's like in in discrete chunks. Fucking job gauge ass menu. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the next one is a reverse boost. Uh, attacking enemies gives them boost, and vice versa. And null, which is nothing happens. So we have ragged a lot, obviously, about um, how how rigid and um, and opaque this combat system feels. But one thing that I do want to emphasize is how much snappier it feels than Xenosaga oh, One. Yeah. Um, did a, a lot of the animation times have been cut by like three. Um, everything is just much quicker enemies load in quicker it 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 does and 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 be the combination of the snappier feel and the fact that in the tutorial dungeon you're pretty overpowered and can kind of mow through most of the encounters without engaging too hard with the combat mechanics it uh it lulled me into a false sense of like oh maybe maybe this battle system maybe this game is actually like way better than i remember and then as soon as I hit one of the brick walls of like, no, you have to nail this sequence in this order or else it's going to take five times as long. I was like, oh, right. This is why this sucks. Right. There's one dungeon. And we'll get there. And that's when the game goes, <laughs> you've got it, right? And it lasts too many hours. Oh, fine. If I'm not mistaken, there is a boss where you can just be unable to finish the game. I don't know that it's that bad, but I can also see how one or two could be that roadblock for you. I think it's no, I think it's Lady Margulis where you can get trapped in a room that you can't leave with the save point in it and you can't go grind levels. Oh, oh, mm. oh, you mean like a. Uh, what's his name from FF Tactics Software? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, okay. So, yeah, keep multiple saves. <laughs> also, can I just say I love Lady Margulis? I don't know what her fucking name is. It's the it, chick in the red shirt with the tits. They don't think she has a name yet. <laughs> Orgula, and she's she's so unnecessary. She's cut out of the DS port entirely. <laughs> just completely out of the first two games. Never exists. Yeah, I don't think she's been named yet. One. No, they haven't said her name yeah, don't anywhere. Don't laugh at me. I heard that, Ryan. It's great. Mm -mm. I... <laughs> no, I. Sorry, I laughed at in the red with the tits. Yeah, that's my favorite Marvel porno. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how mm. much? How much did we all play? How do we feel about it so far? Uh, because let me tell you, looking at the schedule, this one is going to go on longer than Xenosaga 1 somehow, despite being shorter and less good. I've played everything. Why the fuck do you think I came out the other side oh and transitioned? 
as close as you can get from leaving the planet. I don't want to live on this world anymore, so I'll make a new me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've I've played I'm like running around uh second Milsha now doing like all the side quest stuff since I'm ahead. And uh like the battle stuff, I definitely don't get it yet. Like I didn't have a whole lot of trouble with the boss battles. They were pretty straightforward as long as I was, you know, being relatively smart about it. But it seems like there's a really high ceiling for your potential damage output. And I don't know how to get there just yet. Yeah, this is I I feel like the real rub of this season is that all four of us had played Xenosaga 2 before. And so we're not getting anybody with a truly fresh perspective. I know that some of our memories have been addled and all oh, of that. I can't wait for John to get totally owned by this. But yeah, right. But but like I would love to know because the thing is that, you know, we're we're going in with all this doom and gloom because, you know, we've seen some shit. We know how it is. Um but the I've I've only just landed in like safe zone of second milsha and done a, and, and talked to a couple people so basically just the tutorial dungeon and the tutorial dungeon is kind of sick like it's fun and and quick and and anime is shit in a way that's different mm. from uh xenosaka one but in a way that is still competently anime as shit in a way that 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 was fun and so like i could see going into this game playing the tutorial dungeon and being extremely hype but there's just this like black cloud of the latter half of this game that is that is looming that i i'm going to try to approach as with as fresh as uh, an approach as i can but it's 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 i know that it sucks the good news is that i'm an idiot and can't remember (laughs) anything so i'm optimistic gonna be great (laughs) well the, the the other good news is this is uh my first time playing the game I, I've never played it before. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, no, yeah, no, I've owned this game forever. I just never played it because I never finished one. Mm. So, uh, okay, I, I, well, I, I just still haven't finished one. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 I stalled out of my uh, playthrough following the, the podcast, and I still have my original save file that's at uh, Proto uh, Merkaba. But, like, I knew that was where you bounced off. Yeah, and so, like, I need to, like, at some point I'm going to do it. But, like, I definitely felt a little guilty when I got, like, oh, you want to search for Xenosaga 1 save uh, data? And I'm like, um, (laughs) yeah, you can check, but you won't find anything. (laughs) All right, well, then I retract my initial statement about nobody coming in fresh. Stolen Valor. uh, I'm not doing stolen podcast Valor. From whom? Yeah, but it's, but, but. But I'm not coming in fresh, and so that's tainting my playthrough. So my shit still valid. New name, same brain. I understand everything that's happening, and I cannot wait to see what comes of this. Kind of cannot wait to find out what the Udu is. Uh, <laughs> you will. You will find <laughs> out what the Udu is. All I want to know. Uh-huh. <laughs> what is the Udu? <laughs> they did explain it in the last game. I remember falling asleep at a two-hour cutscene about the Udu when I was playing this the first time, and I still don't know what the Udu is. Chris, oh my god, Udu does exist. If it's the cutscene, I think it is. I think that was like the third to last event in the game. Whatever. That's oh, wow. I I also got bored and fell asleep during the end of 2001: A Space Odyssey to tell you what I'm like. <laughs> I'm okay. I with think that's that. more understandable. It's so boring. 
It's long. It's a movie worth seeing once, but it definitely is not something I will return to like my partners. I I wish wait like your partners return to it or like you return to your partners like yeah (laughs) both of the ladies fucking love that movie. One more than the other, but official podcast stance: If you like two thousand and one, you're a bad person. Unsubscribe. Okay, well. (laughs) <laughs> Chris, Chris is going to do this podcast by himself. <laughs> oh no! I don't want to edit the podcast. <laughs> uh, you just hoisted yourself. Congrats. That—that's implied in the definition of hoisted, Matt. I wasn't going to okay, say it. Bear. Yeah, I put like forty minutes. I'm like, this is cool. They try really hard in this opening, uh, and then I saw Jin, and I was like, I don't want to look at this. Goodbye. Oh no, I <laughs> I love Jin. Jin is my favorite character in this game because he's one of the only people who is just like, I'm here to have fun and kick ass, and I'm from a game that's not up its own. Mm-hmm. No, I I I love Jin the character. I hate Jin the look. He looks uh, so in this bad. Game. Okay, what I said before a podcast that I'll repeat now is that he has porn actress <laughs> lips. Like, what? 40 years from now, after that injection has not aged well, that's what he looks like. Shion, you have to honor our family. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Shion, I'm trapped oh. in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't like Jin's uh, voice, it, voice delivery. It just doesn't fit for me. I mean, but then again, that's true of so many characters in this game so it's, far. It's so funny that we ragged on him for being a weeaboo, and then in his first cutscene, he cuts a giant robot in half with a sword, and uh-huh. I'm like, oh man, he's a cool weeaboo though. Yeah, you you thought <laughs> yeah. he was just gonna yeah. be a wall scroll dipshit, but no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> what well, you were studying he's... the blade, I was actually studying the blade. While you were studying advanced robotics, I was just like, yo, get these ghosts off my fucking property for a year. (laughs) (laughs) My dude walked right out of Onimusha, grabbed a mech, and just joined this cast. Uh, Rip to you, Takus, but I'm different. I mean, one character is explicitly the terrible otaku you're thinking of in this game. It's Margulis. Uh-huh. Oh my god. <laughs> he's 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 an otaku for evil Catholicism. Bible weeb. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, oh god, I want a comic called Bible Weeb so bad. Um, <laughs> so like, so like... <laughs> Also, when Shion loses her glasses at the beginning, like, and with her new character model and voice actress, she just completely slides off of my brain now. Like, she does not exist. I, like, simply do not see or hear Shion in this game. Yeah, I think we'll talk about it more once the actual uh, plot of this game starts. But yeah, the glasses thing got me real good because I'm like... She doesn't even comment on it. She doesn't go like, I need another pair of glasses or I, yeah, I guess I'll go with contacts then or get some LASIK. It's just like, well, I guess I don't have glasses anymore. <laughs> Ghostbus doing LASIK with her like laser mini gun. No, with it, with our blade. Yeah. 
<laughs> dead, the Dead Space 2 comes up again. <laughs> Actually, here, here's, here's a question for the two of you. Who would you trust to do robot LASIK more? Ziggy, Cosmos, or Momo? Ooh. Um, Ziggy is a recipient of robot LASIK. My man, like 300, gotta get them cataracts out. But I would say Cosmos. <laughs> Really? Because she has the biggest accidental fatality rate of the whole cast. I, accidental? <laughs> what? Right, but like, sure, her whole deal, it, it, she wouldn't be like, I have deemed the probability of fixing your eye matters less, <laughs> you know, or, or the probability of keeping you alive while fixing your eye mattered less than just fixing the eye, therefore, I killed you. That doesn't, that doesn't seem like our girl Cosmos, she would she would want to do it all precision like because her mission is to fix my I eye. Definitely didn't do exactly that with Virgil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, like Momo, if Momo were piloting a ship that were that was cutting your eye, then maybe. What if she just uses the laser crossbow? <laughs> all right, hold still. Just drawing back. <laughs> <laughs> Grant me a miracle. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That is the thing that you do not want to hear before eye surgery: is mystic powers grant me a miracle. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, because like I, I, I'm surprised that they. Ke- okay, I'm not terribly surprised that they kept that line, but at least that line is less irritating now. Yeah, but maybe that's just the audio mixing. I mean, with the voices in battle. Yeah, new studio doing it, so. Yeah, the, but Momo is the imp- is the only one that I would call an improvement. Um, Momo was so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Chaos. So glad she uh, finally got rendered unconscious for several hours. Also, I think they changed the character model so you're not looking at her panties all the time. Because that was a problem in the first game. Glad I kept my mouth shut that time. Takahashi is so blatantly trying to cover for his own hornness in that interview about why Xenosaga 2's character models are also horned, where he's like, oh, it's just because we had to contract out to all these different famous artists and some of them got horny. And meanwhile, like, Blade? dude has been putting... Blade, yes, thank you. Blade, Xenoblade 2. Uh, and... and um, the game sucks. Meanwhile, like, all of his... All of his games before then were also but horny. But they were in-house oh. horny. You get a different kind of horny that way. I mean, he—you know—he's got to have like the the bunny girl with the with the crazy tits, like the model of that in his house. Like you know that. Yeah, right? it's Saga, his well, wife. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I didn't realize his wife had, that, had back problems like that. Jeez. Bitch can do a backflip around her own center of gravity. I have also suspected for some time that Saga is also secretly the horny one of the relationship. I don't know what has given me that evidence at all, but that's just I'm laying that claim as my LST needs a uh, investigative journalist wing where we find this out. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody contact uh, Vice.
you guys have anything you want to share with the listeners? Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you don't listen to other shows on our network, uh, you can hear me on the Boku no Stop, both the free and the premium version. Check out uh, either G Gundam or Monster. We just started dropping uh, the ones for Monster, and that's been a really fun, very tense show. Hey, speaking of you two hosts who are on uh, BNS, how mad are you now that you understand what I meant by next week, Sybil? <laughs> oh, okay. I don't remember. Yeah, okay. I, I forget everything. I, I remember that. That was our teaser for the end of the episode. Okay. Uh, I have a website at hellscaper.com that is being revamped with today's revelations. Has a post up about that right now. Has links to all the podcasts I do. And just because I would need to drop one last bomb, I should say that my new name is Sybil Sheon Arnett. Are you going to transition to having better CSS on your website? Yes. <laughs> that's actually that's actually something that's in development and being paid Don't for by a professional. Don't ruin my own. How dare you? <laughs> hey, it turns out I have considered a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Fair. I've already got the ID. Awesome. It's a good. It's a good middle name. It is. Thanks. Is this? More convenient than faking your own death. Only halfway, because you have no idea how much a name change sucks. I bet. I have to publish it in a newspaper for eight weeks. What? Are you serious? Yeah. There needs to be a record in some kind of form that can be archived that says, hey, yo, this happened. That's so long. It's my name is my name. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's weird. Um, if you would like to, you can listen to my music at soundcloud.com slash catastrophizer or on Bandcamp, um, at Canon and Devarin and Storm King. You can listen to Ryan Ice podcast, Lightning Strikes Thrice Extreme by visiting our Patreon at, uh, wherever tentacle.pro goes. I said it earlier and forget and kick in as little as a buck a month. <laughs> it's this show, but about Final Fantasy 14, the MMO. There's a story now. I swear. <laughs> it's true there is suddenly all of a sudden a story it is a real shame that the coolest character is also the fash overlord <laughs> yeah <laughs> Weird such ownage this was not his intention <laughs> yeah <laughs> good and that's all until next time we'll be talking about the introductory flashback dungeon peace out fuckers yeah Bye. farewell Bye.